Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Today, I'm going to speak about divine destiny. So I'm going to read to you from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. This is what it says. It says, in Him, who's Him? It's Jesus. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses, our sin, our guilt, it's taken away because of the forgiveness that we received through Jesus Christ. It says, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, a concept well known to every Christian on the planet, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Why don't we pray together this morning? Father, we thank You for today. We thank you it's a new day. We love that your mercies are new every morning. We love that today there are people sitting in here and you're going to breathe life into them again. Lord, I believe that there are dreams and there are visions that are on people's hearts here today. And Lord, I pray that as we begin to uh, get into that dream space, I pray that you give us wisdom with how to move forwards with the things that we're carrying. We want to be people that hear from you. We want to be people that obey you. We want, don't want to be distracted by our own ambitions or desires. So we ask you now to speak into this morning and to just begin to uh, confirm things in us. Help us to do life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to speak to just the husbands this morning, all right? Happy Valentine's Day to everyone, by the way. Okay, we did that. Um, <laughs> I want to speak to the husbands this morning. Has your wife, has she ever asked you uh, to just nick out to the shops and get something for her? Yeah, okay, all right. So she says to you something like, uh, honey, could you just go and go down to the shops and I want you to get me some tomatoes. And you hear that and it sounds like an easy job, right? And that was your first mistake. And so you say, okay, no problem, I can do that. You think, great, I'll cruise down there and I'll get myself a coffee and relax. We'll slip on by, get those tomatoes and come back home and slam dunk, you know, like I'm going to nail this, right? So you go down there to get the tomatoes and you cruise by and you get your coffee. Now, as you get your coffee, you're walking to the um, shops and you start to think to yourself, boy, tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. What kind of tomato should I get? And then you go to the fresh food section and you look in there and you discover there's more than one tomato. And you see like cherry tomatoes and you think, was she making a salad? You didn't know. You didn't ask. So you think maybe it's meant to be cherry tomatoes. And then you go, oh, maybe it's just these other tomatoes that are on the shelf and they, they're just big and all oh, What about these other ones over here? They've got like the stalks still attached, but they look more expensive. I don't want to mess up her budget. So I'm not sure. Like maybe actually, then you discover something else. You think to yourself, I oh, mean, I don't know which tomato to get. Should I get a tomato? Do they come in cans? And then you discover there's a whole range of tomatoes that come in cans. So you go to the can aisle. And you say, should it be crushed? Are they supposed to be diced? 
and then you realize, I have no idea what I'm getting. Now, you thought it was simple, right? But it's never simple. So now, you're thinking about it, and you think, well, I don't know what to get. Dice, crushed. And then you go, and they come in brands. So it's like, should I get SPC? I don't know if that's a good brand. I could get the Coles brand, but I don't want to look cheap in front of my wife, you know? It's like my family. I want to feed them, right? So, so you don't know if you should get the, the ones in which can, right? There is literally so many tomatoes, right? And, and really, honestly, you, you know, you, don't, you weren't equipped to deal with the situation. You were sent on an errand to get some tomatoes. You have no idea what that actually means, right? Why? Because tomatoes is simply too vague. Here's what I've discovered about God. The Spirit of God is exactly the same. He is vague, I mean, he is vague. He says stuff and you think, was that what you said? I'm not really sure. This is one of the things I've learned about God. If you're a Christian longer than five minutes, you already know this, right? If you're a Christian, you will understand that oftentimes what God will do is he will give you the direction, but he will not give you the destination. He gives you direction, but he does not give you the destination, it's vague. You're not quite sure how things are going to end up. You just sent out with a thought maybe or an idea. Did you know that the word guidance is used four times in Hebrews, uh, sorry, in, um, in Proverbs? And the Hebrew word for guidance is this word called steerage. And it's a naval term. And what it really means is, is uh, when sailors would leave out, the way that they would get guidance or steerage is that they would know which way the wind was going and then they trim and they adjust their sails to catch that wind so they can go in the direction that they want to go. I know with life, it's exactly the same. When God begins to breathe upon your life, you want to trim your sails, right? Anyone? Okay, you want to trim your sails. So you want to make sure that you catch the wind to go in the direction that you believe God is actually sending you. I'm going to be honest and tell you, there would be, I thank God that I'm not actually at sea. I would be adrift, lost, probably at different points in my life, never to be seen again. There have been times where God has breathed and I thought, was that you? And I literally don't know how to adjust or trim my sails to catch what God was trying to send me. I thank God that we're like literally not at sea because you can miss where God is leading you, miss what God is sending you to do. And I don't want to be sacrilegious this morning. And I don't want to be, you know, unholy or anything like that. But I've got to be honest and think sometimes I'm like, Father, you have a communication problem. You just have a communication problem, God. Like you literally invented language like, I didn't make up this thing called language. Like, God invented language. And I'm like, you invented it, and you seem to lack the capacity to use it so often in my life. You, you invented language. You know what it is to speak. You were talking, you know, before the ages began. Father, 
and Son and Holy Spirit, you're in unison, you're talking, you're interacting, right? And why is it when it comes to like my life, you seem to have a communication problem? Everything in my life seems to be kind of like it's a mystery to me. I think Jesus is the King, the King, amen, of one word answers. One word direction. Send you off with one word. Vague, and you have some idea, but not the picture, right? Let me give you a little bit of uh, insight here. Jesus, when he's on the earth, he comes and he finds Matthew. Okay, he's one of his disciples. Matthew is a tax collector. So there he is, just ripping off his fellow Jews and uh, taking their money, because that's what the tax collectors did. And he's sitting there in the booth, and Jesus comes up to him, and he says, follow me. And that's it. And then he's, Matthew is sitting there and I kind of picture him with one of his buddies and he says, who the heck was that? Who was that guy? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, did he just, did he sneeze? He said something. Did anybody, did anybody catch what that guy just said? And someone's like, yeah, I think he was talking to you. He said, follow me. Follow me? What does that mean? Was it like, does he want me to get out and is he taking me somewhere? Out for lunch? Where are we going to go? He wants me to follow him. I don't even know who this guy is. What does he mean follow me? Am I supposed to just go for the day or should I quit my job? What does he want me to do? Like, well, I've got a full-time job here. He wants me to quit my job and just walk around and follow him. Who is he, by the way? I have no idea. How about this? He does the same thing with Peter. When he comes to Peter, what he says, Peter's in the boat, right? It's a crazy storm. And the wind is, 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 is making sounds and the thunder and lightning. And the disciples are terrified. And Peter stands there in, in the boat. And he says, Lord, this is, a, this is a crazy idea for a fleece, right? He says, Lord, if it's you, he sees this guy on the water. Oh, it's a, a ghost. It could be the Lord. I'm not sure. I tell you what, I'm going to ask him to tell me to get out of the boat. Now, I always think if he was like some kind of demonic apparition, he would say, get out of the boat, right? Yeah, drown yourself. I don't care. So he's standing there and he says, and he's, and he's saying, he says, Lord, is that you? He's like, yeah, it's me. He's like, if it's you, bid me to come. So what does the Lord do? He says, come. And Peter's like, what? Could you talk a little more so I can recognize your voice? You might have said come, but there's a lot of people freaking out back here. So I'm not sure if they were talking or if you were talking. And right as you said that, there was some thunder and stuff. So I really hear it clearly. Did you, did you say come? Jesus is like, what are you going to do, Peter? I told you. Don't you reckon it's funny? He just gives him one word. He doesn't back it up with anything. Peter, it's me. Man, don't worry about it. By the way, dot, 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 when you get out, you can walk on water. It's going to be fine. Don't tell him that. He's like, if it's you, bid me to come. Come. Well, I'm not so sure about this anymore. I don't know if I should get out of the boat. By the way, don't you reckon it's really funny in church how some weeks we're like, stay in the boat. This week, get out of the boat. Are you confused? Of course you're confused. 
One week we say, hey, you got to get in the boat. Get to the other side. All right? You ready for that? Go home. Have a good life. Next week we're like, what are you doing? Get out of the boat. You're like, I don't understand you pastors. You're freaking me out. I have no idea what to do with my life. Do I get out and say it? Here's the interesting thing. In both circumstances, Jesus told people what to do though, right? So in the first one, he says, stay in the boat, we'll get to the other side. In the next one, he says, get out of the boat. And here's my point. You've got to listen to Jesus. So you've got to know what he's saying to you. Amen? You understand that? You know, that's, they used to have that show, uh, uh, This Is Your Life. And they say, uh, Mike Monroe, he, he hosts this show. And so a person gets uh, on in life and they, they come up and they say, hey, we've got exciting news for you. You're on the show. This is your life. And they get out this book and they open it up and they start going, do you remember your childhood? And they say, what, seriously, what a boring show. Like, why would I want to watch? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But, but they have to show this is your life, right? Then they bring out special guests. They're not special to me, maybe to them. I don't care. And so they bring out these people and they go, do you remember your fourth grade teacher? They're like, oh, wow, you're still alive. And so like they're, they're looking. So, so they bring out these people and they sit on the couch and they talk to them and they say, this is your life. And you look at the whole history of their life. Now, this is all I ask for from God. I say, Lord, I want the book early. Give me the book before I lived a life. So here's what I want. This is all I'm asking. And I don't feel like I'm stretching the, re- the friendship here, right? So all I want you to do is sit me down in my early 20s. Say, by the way, this will be your life. And I say, oh, that's where I made a mistake. And they're like, yeah, but you don't have to make that mistake anymore. Because I'm showing you this stuff right now so you don't screw it up. And you're like, oh, that's so helpful to me. So you get taken through the book. Now, this is what I want. I want the book early, but I have discovered something. It's that God, He never does life this way. He never tells you everything up front. It's like He just tells you the next piece of the puzzle, right? One day I'm out for a run and I'm running around the block and I pick a point on the horizon and I start to run towards it. And when I got to that spot, do you know what I did? I picked another point. I said, I'm going to head over there. And I run and I just narrow in and I focus on that point. So I get to that spot and I say, great, now I'm, I'm here. Guess what I did next? I pick another spot. Okay, so I said to, um, I was, I'm sort of praying as I, as I do this. And this is what God says to me. He says, this run right now is like your life. He says, I will show you the next point. This is literally what God said to me. He says, I'll show you the next point but I'll never show you the end. I'm not going to show you the destination. I'll tell you where to go to next. You know why? Because God knows me. He says, if I told you where the end was, you would probably head straight for it. So here is the thing. I go for a run. Where do I leave from? Home. When I get back, where do I end up? I have found a way to shortcut exercise. Stay home. I don't even have to do it. I know where I'm going to end up anyway. So why don't I just skip that 20 minutes or whatever it is, and I just stay home the whole time. And then I've just, I got where I needed to be. And then you, because you're smarter than me, you say to me, but Ben, that's not the point of exercise. You've got to get fit. It's actually the point of going around it so your body is more healthy. And it's exactly the same with your life. You see, the journey prepares you for the destination. 
Do you know why there's so much mystery in God's will? Because God is more interested in developing you than answering your questions. He's more interested in what He could begin to accomplish in you than what He can do around you. So you say, God changed my circumstances. You know what He says? Let me begin to change you and work on you first. Every relationship you have requires trust. And I love what Sam Chan says. He says, every relationship, by the way that you have, it moves at the speed of trust. If you want to progress quickly in a relationship, it will progress as quick as you trust the other person. So what do you think that God is doing by taking you on the journey? He develops your trust. He's developing you. He wants you to trust Him. And the more that you trust Him, the quicker He can take you where He wants to lead you. The faster your relationship will go. The more your problems will be solved. I'll tell you what God did with my life. There was a time in my life where I was very far from God. And the first thing He says to me, come. So I said, okay. So I, I, I come to Him. What's the next step? He says, I'm going to deal with your sin. And by the way, that is a painful experience when you accumulate thoughts, experiences, memories, stuff that's wrong in your life. He says, I'm going to deal with all of that. It can be a process. But he begins to deal with your life. Do you know what he does after that? He begins to restore you. He restores you as a person. He puts the pieces of your life back together. And then after that, you know what he does? He begins to restore to you your purpose. You were created with purpose. You're created with purpose. God has a plan for your life. You created with purpose attached to you. Now, you can go and live a life and mess that up. Here's the great thing. When you come back to God, He begins to restore your life. He begins to restore back to you the purpose for which He created you. And then you know what He does next? He begins to equip you. He begins to equip you for the future. Now, equip sounds like a good word. It sounds like a lot of stuff is getting added to you. You know what? The seasons of equipping can be very, very hard. Many of you have gone through seasons where God has equipped you for a future purpose by allowing life to begin to just run its course in your world. Yeah. It does. And you say, God, where are you? He says, I'm with you. I'm, I'm right with you. I want you to understand something about God. He never sends anything to harm you. His intention, never to harm you. But we're pretty good at harming ourselves anyway. So what he does is sometimes he lets life run its course. It teaches you a lesson. He sticks with you throughout the whole process. But what happened now? You're equipped to do what? To maybe speak to another person who's going through the same thing that you did. You're equipped to handle something with more weight, something with more pressure, something that's going to test you. You know, God starts to do this in levels. You know, the thing is, is when I first came to church and I'm a mess and I'm crying my first week back and I'm like, I'm never going to come back here. I'm so embarrassed about my life. I tell you what God did not say to me on that day. He says, Ben, one day I'll call you to be the senior pastor of Activate Church. I say, I'm never coming back. I'm never doing that. Do you understand anything about the person that you've called to do this job? In other words, I can't do this. But the funny thing is, is he never told me the destination. And that's, this is only for now. This is the current destination, right? Who knows what happens after all of this, right? But he never told me that this was going to happen. He, said, he just says, come. 
And then he says, let me deal with the stuff that's in your life. And season after season after season, I begin to get equipped, go through some hard stuff, you know. And then we come to the other side and say, you know what? I think maybe I can do this. And it's not because I have all this trust in me, but I have a history of trusting God. And I say, many times in my life, he's answered me. And I said, I don't think that I can do this. I don't think that I can make it. I don't know if you're going to come through. Season after season of his faithfulness. And suddenly I come to a place where I say, I think that I don't have the capacity, but now I'm at least willing to trust him. I'm willing to trust him. If he told you where you were going to end up early, if he told you everything up front, right, you would be freaking out. You would be freaking out. Oh God, you're off time. Your schedule is wrong. You don't have enough time to complete the thing that you said that you had for me. I'm worried about time. But guess who's not? My God. He's never worried about time. You know what he wants to do more than being concerned about time? By the way, he owns it. So hello. The other thing, he wants to develop my faith. What moves the mountains? My faith. Right? What do I need to come to him? My faith. He wants to work on my faith. And faith is such an important part of any relationship. I'm going to do something this morning. Don't often do this. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I've got to, uh, excuse me, sir, you. We've never met before, correct? Okay, Jason, come down the front. All right. And, uh, yep, if you can bring that to me. All right. Just jump up here. All right. Now, we're going to do a, a trust exercise. All right. This is a trust exercise. Right now, the first thing is, do you have your wallet on you? Can I please have that? Thank you. Add that to the offering. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. This is a this is a balaclava, and I just robbed him. That's good, right? So, so anyway, I want you to put this. It's I cleaned it like two years ago. So I want you to put this on, but I don't want to see your face. Like you got to do it so that we can't see your eyes. So put it on back to front. Just put it on. Yep. Yep. Put that on. Okay. All right. Now you might be able to see a little bit, but just come over here. All right. Can, can I get someone to just move this pulpit for just a second? Because we may need this room. All right. So, uh, the thing is, is that uh, Jason and I, we know each other. We work out at the gym. He spots me, makes sure that I don't drop heavy weights on my neck. We have a good relationship, right? Yep. Okay. He was very confident about that. You can take his silence as an admission um, and his confidence in me. All right. So here's what I want to do, right? I'm going to just uh, go with me. I'm going to spin you around in a circle, right? So come with me. All right. So we're going to keep spinning, keep spinning, keep spinning, keep spinning. All right. Your eyes shut, right? All right, keep spinning, keep spinning, keep spinning. All right, all right, stop, stop, stop. Okay, now, the thing is, uh, you don't know which way you're facing, right? But how much do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. You do, all right? I want you to walk as fast as you can in the direction I've now faced you. Yeah, yeah do it now. No, no, that's enough, that's enough, because you're going to walk straight into the drum kit. That's all I wanted. Can we please give Jason a hand, right? Man, you can grab your seat. Come on, give him a big hand. He took his life in his hands. He took his life in his hands and give his wallet back. Just take the cash out first, right? So, so here is the thing. I put the blindfold on him. He has nowhere to go, no idea which way he's facing, right? How much trust does it take to begin to walk in a direction when you have no idea where you're going? 
so much faith, so much trust. Unfortunately, Jason misplaced his trust in me. I aimed him at the drum kit. But, but here's the thing. This is what God does. All right, so I want to read a scripture to you, right? This, I want to tell you a story about this guy, Abraham, or Abram is his name. Abram had a good life. Everything was going well for him. He was happy with his life, you know, and then God comes to him and he calls him out. And this is what it says in the scriptures, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and lot with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed. When you read that scripture, there are a couple of things that kind of stand out to me. Like the fact that God is so vague about where to go. Go to the land that I will show you. But he says, go first, right? So he says, leave, get your stuff. It says that Abram did that, but he hasn't told him where to go yet. This is painfully ambiguous. This is the equivalent of being blindfolded and told to walk into a direction and you hope you don't bump into anything or walk off the edge of anything. He has no idea where to go. He, you, do you notice that he doesn't give him a GPS? No map? You know, there's, there's, there's no, not even a compass, not even a direction. He doesn't give him a direction. He says, I want you to go. So you go and I'll show. And what do we say to God? We say, no, show and then I'll go. He says, no, go, then I'll show. And so we have this kind of thing, like I'm not prepared to step out or do what I feel like you're calling me to do because you're too vague. I want the details first, he says, but I want your trust. I want you to actually begin to trust me. I want you to leave. But what if I go in the wrong direction? And God says, it's okay, I've seen everything. By the way, Abram headed south. And he, and, he, and he heads south, and, and there's a whole story connected to that. If you know the rest of the story, by the way, you'll notice that he doesn't actually say, by the way, I'm going to, at some point in your life, lead you up a mountain, ask you to kill your firstborn son, the promise, right? And then I'm going to let you off the hook just before you kill him. Notice he doesn't start there, because you would not leave Haran. You would say, well, that sounds pretty crazy, and I'm not doing it, all right? But what does God say? He says, leave. You go and then I'll show you. This is the way that God seems to work for us. Now, let me ask you a question. How would you know if God was speaking to you like this? How would you know if God was speaking to you like this? How do you know when to make life-changing decisions? How do you know when to, 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 to make a decision that, that, that could drastically affect other people in your world and alter your life completely? I want to tell you something, and I think this has just got to be some wisdom in this, right? But listen into this. you got to know something. If you think you heard something, is it you? Is it God? Just know this. God is never responsible for authoring your dreams. Like, I mean, you don't get to come up with Him and say, you deliver my dream. You don't get to say that to God. So you can't actually go to Him and say, this is what I want to do. I'll do it and you back me up, all right? He says, no, no, I, I'm actually wanting you to follow me. Do you ever get vague about what God says to you? You're like, 
is it you, Lord? Is it you? I don't know. If I do what you're saying, there's going to be serious consequences, but I want to be faithful. I want to do the right thing. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to mess this up. There are people who are here today who are thinking about starting businesses. God, should I do this? Maybe stopping businesses. God, should I continue with this? There are people sitting here who are in business that may be called to full-time ministry. There are people that are in ministry that I have met that should be in business. I never tell them, but they should maybe be in business. They might be better suited to that. I meet people that tell me this stuff all the time. These two words, they get thrown around. God said, by the way, you ever say that to a pastor? It's the ultimate trump card to us. What can we say? (laughs) God said, all right, if you say, but I have to be honest, I've met many people who say, God said, and I said, no, He didn't. He never said that. God would never say that to you. And it's not because of my superior wisdom or intellect or my spiritualness. That's not what gives me the answer. You know what gives me the answer? His Word. Let me give you a couple of pointers about following God to make sure you don't mess up anything. When it comes to your destiny, don't ever compromise your theology to gain a better position, to change your destiny. You you, you feel like you're destined to go in some direction. If you have to compromise what is true about God so that you can get to where you think you need to be, don't do it. Don't feed yourself to lie and say, okay, so I have to cheat and lie and steal to get there. But when I get in charge, everything will be different. I'll change it once I'm in charge. Don't do that. You compromise your character to get to a place that God never, ever leads you. Pay your taxes. Do everything right. Let the blessings of God rest upon you because of your character. All right, first point. Second point, don't ever sacrifice your family to get to your destiny. Don't sacrifice your family. Fathers and and, and mothers, particularly fathers, don't ever think that the best thing you can do for your kids is earn more money. If you think, okay, I'm sacrificing a relationship with them now to make sure that I can look after them financially. Sometimes it's easy for people to sacrifice their family in the pursuit of something better, a a, a dream to maybe a larger house. Here's what I would say. If you can't pay your bills, downgrade your life, but spend more time with your kids. It's a much better idea to spend time with your kids and be who they need you to be rather than sacrifice your family to get to some point or some position in your future that you think is what they really need. Uh Uh-uh, what they really need is you. Don't ever let your ego's convictions begin to dictate your destiny because that is what happens. You really want to get somewhere. You really want to do something with your life. You want it so bad, you find a way to make sure that those words came from God's mouth. I really want to uh, go in this direction, God. Uh, is that you? Is it you? It's never, it's, it's you praying to God saying, oh, I think you just said that to me. Okay, then great. Well, I guess I can pursue everything that I want in my heart. And when people ask, God said, God said, don't let your ego 
begin to dictate the path of your destiny. If you begin to do that, you'll make a series of mistakes in your life that will rob you from the life that God has for you. Let me read another Scripture to you. This is a, this is a good one where this, you see this so clearly in Scripture. The story of uh, Moses, and let me just read it to you. It says, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he married. For he had married a Cushite woman in case you didn't get it the first time. I don't know why they write like that. And they said, has the Lord, listen to this, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has He not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard this little convo that they were having, this little powwow. Now the man Moses was very meek and more than all the people that were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam, like your mom when she's angry, come out here, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward and He said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in what? A vision and where does he speak to him? I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth. In other words, he speaks directly to Moses, clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. That is powerful. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. Now here's the thing. Here's Miriam speaking to her brother. She doesn't like the way that Moses is doing things, except he happens to be the leader. So she has this little gossip powwow and she says, you know what? Is Moses the only one that hears from God? I've got a few ideas for some changes of my own. Maybe we can start to begin to speak on behalf of the Lord to people too. And the Lord, what did He do? What did He do? He heard it. And what does He say? He comes down, He's mad. You know why? Because for whatever reason, Moses is His appointed servant. Don't begin to covet things that don't belong to you. If you start to head down a path to try to fulfill a dream that God hasn't given to you, here's Miriam, makes sense to her, but God doesn't care about what makes sense or not. He wants to use sometimes the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. So it does, sense doesn't matter. It's not in the equation. God says, but I don't care. That's who I chose. And you will do well to listen to them and follow what they say. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. I'm saying to you, that it's Miriam's plan to lead, her desire to lead. She can convince herself of it, but she can't convince God of it. You can't convince God of the dreams that are in your heart when He has something that's actually different for you. And if you go after the wrong dream, I'm telling you, it can be a painful experience. It'll bring you to your knees. It gets you frustrated. It sets you back by the way. So how do you know? <laughs> how do you know? How do you know? Is that you, Lord? Are you talking to me? I don't know. I, I, I can't hear exactly what you're saying. Here's what the Bible says. Presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Those are bad things. You don't want them in your life. But it says this, plans are established by what? Counsel. Plans are established by counsel and by wise guidance wage war. Your calling is clearer with counsel. Your calling is clearer when you have people around you that speak into your life. When you're going to make a big decision in your life, don't take your own counsel. Isolate yourself. Think that everyone else is a fool and you just need to do what you need to do because the Lord said. Because someone might come to you and say, 
I'm telling you the Lord would never say that because He would never encourage you to go in that direction because you may have to make some sacrifices that you're not supposed to make. So what do you need? You need good counsel. I had an opportunity to go over to Perth and with Sarah and be the senior pastors of a church. And, they, and, and I, had, I had a word from God and everything. The word from God came through someone else. I didn't know that guy very well. So we spoke and I spoke to other people around me. They said, no, nah, that's not from God. And we agreed. If I had a gone, I wouldn't be here today. I think this is what I was supposed to do. I believe I am where God has called me to be. And I would have forsaken all of this. The thing is, you know, when people get frustrated with their own life, they just want to change everything. You take you with you wherever you go, all right? So you know what you need to do? Stay where you are sometimes. Deal with the issues that are in your life. Let God begin to green up the grass that's underneath you. Because wherever you go, you're going to be there anyway. So why don't you just let God do what He wants to do and don't act presumptuously. It's only going to hurt and harm you anyway. Listen to the right counsel. Listen to the right counsel. French proverb says, Good advice is often annoying. Bad advice never is. You know why? Because sometimes you don't want to hear the truth. And when somebody speaks the truth to you, it's annoying because you go, that makes sense to me and I wish we never spoke. Why can't I just take my own counsel and do whatever I want to do? Author my own dreams. God, you're responsible. It doesn't work that way. It's never going to work that way. <laughs> my son Judah, he has this friend at school and he comes home and he says, he says to me, Dad, did you know? And he will tell me some outrageous fact. And I say to him, have you been speaking to that mate of yours? And I say his name. He says, yes. I said, never listen to that kid, mate. I said, don't ever listen to him. He, he, that kid makes up so much stuff. Everything he says is a lie. Don't listen to him. You don't need that kind of counsel. I'm serious. This kid, he makes up so much stuff. I say, listen to me. I'm your dad. I'll tell you the truth. You need to hear the truth. It's the best thing for you. Now, here's the truth about you. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. Vague as it may be. Painfully vague as it may be. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan, a future, a purpose. There is a destiny that God has for you. But the truth is, sometimes you just don't know. Is that you, Lord? I don't know. I'm not sure which way to go, left or right. You know what I've done a couple of times in my own life? I don't know if this is good advice or bad advice, by the way. But here's what I've done. If I thought it was Him, Sometimes I've taken the risk to find out. And if I'm wrong, I'll fail. But at least I'll know. And then I've narrowed the focus. I know now not to listen to that voice anymore. That one's leading me astray. I thought that was God. That wasn't Him. But now I know better. Sometimes it's not helpful to make really big decisions when you do that. But let me tell you something. If you ever make a mistake, who's afraid of making a mistake? I don't mess up my life. Some of you don't care. That's awesome. It's your life. It's so afraid of making a mistake, we do nothing. All right, listen to this. 
if you make a mistake, God is big enough to fix it anyway. So even if you mess it up, God, it's vague. I don't know. I feel like I'm going this direction, you know. I'm going to find out. And if you got it wrong, sometimes you just got to go back to where God left you last. Don't pursue that any further when it's clearly a closed door. Go back to what God has for you and begin to pursue that all over again. But at least you'll know. Here's what I want to do today. I just want to pray for people that need a little bit of direction right now. Can I do that? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.